Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Munkin', the only show that uh, could, you know, lollygag around and spend some time funkin', but we don't do that because we got to focus on bunkin'. I'm on your host, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Merry Christie to you. Merry um, Christie to all. We're going to do several shows between now and Christmas, um, but I appreciate you saying, yeah, because my Twitter display name for those who are not on the website is Merry Christie, as it is every year. Um, because, as any person with the last name Christie will tell you, many, 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 many times during each holiday season, when you mean to write Merry Christmas, your muscle memory will take over after the T, and you'll write Christie, because you're so used to writing those letters in that order. Um, Jesus Christie. I mean, exactly. Uh, that doesn't happen so much just because it ends with Christ, like, it's not, there's nothing else. Like, it just ends with Christ. Oh, yeah, it ends, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um... Uh, We're not yeah, here how, to talk about that. No, no, how are you, though? How are you? You didn't actually answer my question. Oh, I'm good, man. Uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. Ready to do it. All right, we're here to talk about... Yes, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Mr. Monk goes to the office. Um, what do you think about this episode? I'm just relieved that it wasn't like a crossover episode with NBC's The Office. I feel that way as well, and relieved... I mean, I'm glad you say that, because this is, I would say... There's not anything particularly bad about it, but I just don't really like this episode that much. I don't know about you. Um, I actually really like it a lot. Okay. I th- I'm glad. Yeah. The main reason I don't like it, and we'll get into this is just big picture, is I this has, like, probably, of any Monk episode, this might have the least actual investigating to solve the murder of any of them. Like, the murder gets solved only in the last, like, three minutes. Um, that's, pretty, that's pretty true. But, but okay, but, like, for whatever reason, I had a pretty solid, like, what I thought was the case, and it ended up not being that. So I did like getting bamboozled mm, a little bit you got more than I usually do. just a little bit, so we'll get into that. But we don't start off there. We start off in a parking lot, a parking garage. Um, and uh, there's a guy, uh, you know, a parking lot attendant. This guy named Ronnie. Um, we've all known a couple Ronnie, of Ronnies Ronnie, in our Ronnie Shelton. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if he's named after Ron Shelton, who's the, the writer director. Yeah, um, probably. Uh, and there's a guy who is changing a tire, but is he changing a tire? Nah, he's, he's changing something. He's changing somebody's uh, living status. Yes, because he's pretending to change a tire, and Ronnie's like, "That's not your car." And which, if you're Ronnie, I think you don't say that. I think you say like, oh, "Okay," and then you walk away and call the police because he, he gave away his hand. Right, for sure. But, you know, shouts to Ronnie. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie ends up getting shot because this guy doesn't want to be uh, to be found, um, obviously. And so Ronnie gets shot, and you think, oh, we're going to go to commercial. I mean, we're going to go to theme song, right? No. That's not what this is investigating, really. Yeah. No, an- it got me. Because another schmuck, this guy Warren, Warren Kemp, comes down. And he's talking on the phone, and you know he's a traitor. He's just just oozes, you know, douchey stock guy. Um, and what is what is our uh, ma- or not masked our mystery assailant want with him? Uh, he specifically asks him like for his hand, and not his left hand, but specifically his right hand. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, gives it up and uh, gets it promptly smashed in between the car door. Yes, he gets his hand broken. Um, so, and it, left alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, yeah, he just doesn't get killed. He, the guy runs away. So my guy was willing to catch a body for Ronnie, but not for this Warren guy 
Very interesting. I think it's an interesting setup. Why would he kill the one guy but not kill the the guy he was waiting for? Right. It seemed like the if anything, the security guard would have like gotten like something broken and like just incapacitated. Exactly. Like, it didn't seem like he was a main target or whatever. Exactly. So then we cut to the crime scene and Monk is trying to fit in because there are two random cops and they're talking about the Niners, you know. Um having a, a San Francisco forty ers Yes, yes, the San Francisco forty ers they're talking about how, uh, I mean, their analysis is, I mean, I don't know actually how right their analysis is, because they're complaining about how Tim Rattay is not making the throws right, which is true. Tim Rattay was not very good at being an NFL quarterback. Um, nope. He, the good no. old rap boy. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that he'd probably take too kindly to you calling him that. Um, would he beat my ass like Jim Everett style? Uh, yes. He probably You would. remember that story, right? Of course I do. Yeah. Would and Jim Everett yeah. kill, uh, not kill. He, uh, he tackled Jim Rome because uh, he called him Chris Everett. Anyway, um, <laughs> but Monk has flashcards of how to talk to people. And one of them is football. But more importantly, in my opinion, one of them is swear words. <laughs> I mean, I, I really wish we could have uncovered what was on that card. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Monk tries to talk about football. He's like, the score is 27 to 21. Um and he goes back to Natalie and like insults his car. It's it's really an embarrassing exhibition for Monk. It's not. Yeah, great. it's about like how the fourth quarter was really bad, and and I guess Tim Rattay was five for his last six at home, and then mm-hmm. they promptly point out that he was on the road for this game, so mm-hmm. didn't really yeah. apply. Yeah. So yeah, so Stalmeyer comes over and like he says like, "Hey, Monk, come over here. The buy's over here." And Monk gets laughed at as he walks away, um, which is rude. Uh, but they. Um, they find go to the body, and this is when Monk realizes he looks at the tire iron, and wouldn't you know it, the tire iron is for a European car, which is a thing I didn't know was different. I didn't know that they made different ones for different um, countries. I, so you, you got me too. Um, I guess I sh- should have. No, I guess Volkswagen they make them here, right? Uh, yes. Also, I also I've don't, never changed a tire in my life. Exactly. Ever. Yeah, I. Yeah, I. You know, that's perfectly. You know, I. I. I there's no shame in that. Um. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, not, I'm actually thinking with a Volkswagen. If with a Volkswagen is of its German make, but it's made in the United States, I wonder what kind of tire it has. Anyway, not actually important. Um, and uh, Monk basically learns like that there's a second victim, and it's not just Ronnie. It's uh, Warren, but there is no robbery. Bump, bump, bump. But who I mean, is this Warren guy? Who's the, who's this Warren character? He's he's special, isn't he? Yeah, I mean he's your typical, like you said earlier, like a typical finance guy. But he's apparently some sort of hotshot. Um, he's got the nice swanky office, I guess, for two thousand and six or whenever the hell this mm-hmm. is. Um, although I was less than impressed with Pro's uh, Pro's investments office. Yeah, it's not that nice of an office. No, and like it's randomly like there's like a table and then there's like chairs and then there's like another desk. Like it was a really. I, I, I think a, honestly, I if I did take a guess, why that is, is that I imagine that the people who did like the writing and production design on Monk hadn't worked in an office in like a decade, and because yes. by two thousand six, offices obviously there are still companies that have offices that are that like cold. But like if you're like a, a 
successful investment company, you have a very open floor, like, cool state-of-the-art office. There's no way that a, an actual successful, like, that office just actually just screams not successful, but you're told that this guy's really successful at investing, which would not, it's, doesn't or, add or, up. Or it screams like insurance company. Exactly, yeah. There's <laughs> no way that, like, a hotshot investment firm would look like that. It just wouldn't. No. Um, yeah. Uh, so, um... As this is going on, Warren is talking to the paramedic and is like, hey, is that Adrian Monk? And uh, who's the girl with him? So you know that this is going to be one of those episodes where a guy just can't, you know, he can't keep his uh, dick in his shorts about uh, Monk's assistant. Um, it's, it, you know, it happens. He surprises me, though, in the end. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but uh, another little... I'm not, I'm yeah. not going to let you trash my guy Warren Kemp. He was oh, actually a decent oh, really? guy. Really? He's I, a I, guy. Okay, he's, yeah, he's a decent guy, but he's a little too horny in my opinion. I'm just going to be honest. He's, a little, he's no worse than Disher, your That's fucking, true. your That's boy. true. That's true. Well, but I would say that there's a scene co- coming up when they first meet with him in his office where he's just coming on super strong for what is ostensibly yeah, a work yeah, meeting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's um, true. It's, someone just got murdered in his building and he got his hand broken by a written person and he's out here being like, want to, like, you know, have that's a quick of mind. Exactly. Uh, anyway, um, Monk also finds a toothpick on the ground and he says that this is proof that the person was insecure and wanted to be masculine. And then that's funny because Stoudemire is chewing out toothpick. <laughs> Which, the thing is, Monk is right, unfortunately. I love Stoudemire, but he's right. Men who are insecure and how masculine they are don't need to do a toothpick. Okay, is it me, or is, like, Stott, like, really, like, not bringing the energy these days? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. You're, you're not ever wrong. Since, ever, since, ever since the episode, I think, where they, like, uncovered... The last thing I can remember, where they, like, where he un... Uh, where he dug out Monk. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in that way, when he, like, you know... When yeah, he Mr. Monk versus the Cobra. Yeah, that one. I, I don't remember him like being specifically like. Energetic. I also think he doesn't have that much to do in a lot of these episodes. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. You I think, think it's also you never too. know with something like this. Maybe Ted Levine was like out of restricted shooting schedule because he's doing something else. I have no idea. Um, sure. But more importantly, Monk and Natalie get an invite the next day at 10 a.m. to meet with Warren Kemp in his office. Which ooh, that's special. Right, and uh, you know. We're about to have a tough scene, like you just said, with our guy. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I kind of like him. I, uh, he's just really flirty. But oh, okay. So can we get to the actual meeting? Uh, yeah. So the, yeah, they go to meet Warren. They have to wait outside for a little bit. It doesn't actually matter. Yeah, they go inside and. But I love that. I love that. Uh, so Warren mentions in passing that he broke like nine of his fingers, mm-hmm. and Monk gets like a little like you well, know, nine bones. Yeah, nine bones. Sorry. Um, and Monk, of course, gets a little freaked out because it couldn't complete the full 10. And Warren's mm-hmm. just like, uh, you sound a little disappointed, Mr. Monk. And he's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just funny. Yeah. So, you know, Natalie really likes his office, which is a nice office, but it's not as nice as I would expect how much their money they're seeming like he's making. Um, maybe I just, I think I just have like a very skewed view of how a nice office should look because I've seen, you know, just like every, uh. All like all like the margin calls and the big shorts of the world, like the fact that the or like even succession, it's like if your office doesn't have a glass wall facing the rest of the office, then are you even successful? You know? Um, yeah. But uh, or suits. Yeah, suits. I was gonna say suits, but I'm like, you know what? I I don't want to admit that I watched the first four seasons of Suits. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'll admit it. Yeah, word to Harvey Specter. 
um, and my guy Mike Ross. Um, How about Lewis Lit? Did Lewis Lit? Um, and then uh, who is it? Was what's her Pearson? What was her uh, first name? Anyway, um, so uh, Rachel Zane was also Meghan Markle's character. We're just naming <laughs> naming some characters. Um, so, Donna. <laughs> yeah, Donna. I forget her last name. Um, so. Basically, you, you get the idea this guy's a big shot. He has a voice scrambler for his phone, so people can't listen in on his phone calls. Um, Man, okay, when we get to the end of this, I just have to t- explain what my whole theory was. Cause it's okay, like, yeah, of course. And I don't know if you noticed this, but Natalie has a moment where she's a better detective than Monk, where she notices that he's been moving the furniture around. She's a little right. indents. Right, because of the lines in the yeah in the carpet. Mm-hmm. and And it's fucking funny because... That's when Warren says, oh, well, who's the detective? Uh, apparently it's you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Monk gives her the most, like, shitty look I've ever seen him give someone. But ever. this is also where I wrote the line in my notes, Warren really needs to put his dick away. Um, it just, it, it, I mean, this is, that's rude to write, and, you know, I apologize, but also, um, anyway. Uh, Warren wants someone in the office to, you know, keep an eye out. Um, and Monk immediately jumps at it, because as they're waiting... Natalie basically talked about how much he hated working in office because he was doing the same thing every single day, and you basically felt like a number who was just part of a process. Yeah, no, I mean, and as we see later on, he's good at it. Like he's yes. good at, at being a, a office co- coworker. Mm-hmm. It definitely is. Um, definitely is funny that he would love to do that because uh, obviously, like I guess I, I think it's funny because every piece of pop culture ever, because pop all pop culture is made by people who decided not to work in an office job. Like every piece of pop culture ever, the message is working in an office job is bad and kills you, right? Like right. that's just the message of everything. I do love that Monk's like, no, this is actually the best thing in the world for me. I much prefer this to the exciting life I have otherwise. Yeah. Okay. So I was going to ask you, have you ever worked in a cubicle? Uh, yeah. Um, the job I have now, I started off working in a cubicle. Um. I kind of How is around. that? I've always wanted that. It's fine. Um, it's uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's hard to say. Um, it is nice to have privacy on the one hand, but it is also like you're, there's really no privacy because you get caught off guard. It's well, yeah, because you never know when someone's behind you. Um, so like, it's kind of uh, so. I much I would have much preferred to have a desk. That face that like didn't face the inside of the room like that kind of sucks. Um, yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah, but you know it's fine. Like and it, it really doesn't feel like um, I'm sure there are some jobs that feel like you're just doing the same thing over and over again. But um, the one I've had is not so much like that. I mean it's pretty similar every day. But like you know I think if your job involves talking to people like mine does, then it's not soul crushing. Um, but no. Um, I've, I've, I've never felt like James McAvoy wanted is what I'm trying to say. Um, okay. Uh, which is... Or uh, office, I, I would have gone with the office space reference. I would have okay. as well, but I wanted to go with the mo- most extreme example. Because okay. when I was thinking about like someone... Because also I think about... Um, just like the, when, I, when I'm imagining the super angsty, overwritten Hollywood thing of how bad working in office is, like office space feels pretty honest and like real, whereas Wanted feels like an angsty teenager wrote it. Like, oh, just to mind this drone working for the man. And yeah, that movie kind of sucks. I was really disappointed when I finally watched it. I thought it was so cool when I was a kid and I saw the commercials for it and they curved the bullet. And then when I watched it when I was like 22, I was like, oh, this movie's just like not good. Wow. It was, it was really satisfying to see someone smack the shit out of Chris Pratt with a keyboard, though. 
okay, not at the time. He was not famous. At the not time. at the time, but watching it now, probably. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so... Um, <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't actually even agree with that. I don't like Chris Pratt that much, but, you know, I don't necessarily need to see him get his teeth knocked out. Um, um, so, Monk is going to work there. He's excited because he gets to collate things. Um, which is exciting for him, you know. If I'm Monk, I'm like collating, and then he gets a tour of the office from Abby, who um, is an interesting character. Um, from the uh, East Coast. Yes. Um, oh yeah. Oh, because uh, also Monk is from Chicago, aka. Oh uh, right, that's his cover. Yeah, he's aka the Windy City. Um, I one thing I kind of disappointed by that they had there was a lot I think potential for jokes is because when they said that he was from Chicago didn't you expect Monk to come up with a bunch of very specific Chicago references that he'd like drop in like I'm from you know this temperature this weather is fine for me because I'm from Chicago where the median temperature is da 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 you know I was actually waiting for like an accent oh you know he can't do accents Chicago Chicago uh you know the Bears uh. Bears. Um, and he gets his cubicle, and there's this guy whose name is Chilton. Already a red flag. Your boy, Chilton Handy. God damn it. I cannot believe that you got... Ah. <laughs> this Chilton yeah, guy, he, he, got, he sucks. He's just the worst yeah, person alive. I, I was going to say, he seems like a nice guy. Yeah. Look, the phrase, a real piece of work, is thrown around a lot, um, but he's <laughs> like... I just can't imagine working in an office with someone like this, who's just this terrible of a person. I mean, honestly, I've had, like, I'm usually the one in offices to call out people mm-hmm. that are dickheads. Mm-hmm. Uh, I This is one of those, like, people that I just wouldn't even want to, like, waste time on because mm-hmm. there's no getting through to them. He's just, like, a yeah. scumbag. Well, I mean, I, I've worked with people who I don't particularly like or, like, I think aren't nice or whatever, but he's just so... It's a combination of that he's mean but also completely socially unaware, which is... Impossible yeah. to deal with. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so um, apparently this guy Chilton said that uh, he said Mr. Kemp told him that he could have the cubicle that Monk ends up getting, um, and uh, then Abby yells at him that she's not on his right meds or whatever, which is one of m- many HR violations that this company yep. has. Like, what the yep. hell are you doing? You can't yell that at someone. Yeah, you can't send emails about people being sluts either. Yeah, it's not a good look. No, just really. I mean, we'll get to the worst one, which actually, like, legit. Like, I joke a lot about, like, oh, you couldn't do that today. I was actually surprised they still did that in two thousand six, and something comes up later. Um, involves. I wonder if I know what it is. Involves. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, Ah. Monk spends a lot of time setting up his area, and it's a nice looking office. You know, he's got nice, got a cute sign. He's got photos of Trudy. Um, Yeah. I mean, I like it. I mean, I never had a clean cubicle because I don't. I've never had to clean anything. Um, but, uh, how do you, are you, do you keep, uh, I mean, that sounded disgusting, but I didn't mean to sound like that, but I just meant that I've never not, like any area I've ever had is, is never organized. It just never has been. But how, how are, do you keep your, do you keep your area generally, uh, you seem like you keep stuff generally organized. Oh yeah. No, I can't stand messes. Like my desk at work is tremendous. I mean, it's, it's, I keep it very organized to the point of like annoyance. Yeah, I could just tell that, that that was definitely a place you and I differed. I just can't um, be bothered. Anyway, uh, so this is Chilton's big. What Chilton does here is something that's so crazy, and I, I want you to describe it because it just <laughs> it is just the most deranged. Like 
It's completely a non sequitur. It actually has nothing to do with the rest of the episode. It just like I think someone just came up with this idea of a character doing this. And it's like we got thrown in the episode. Yeah, so he starts hanging out at, like a collection uh, coffee can, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, asking for money for, uh, for. This is before we. Yeah, know we know he's Chilton. Chilton. Yeah, yeah, he's asking for it's Chilton Handy's birthday. He's turning forty, and yeah, and Monk mentions, you know, kind of rightfully, he, it's his first day. He doesn't even know this guy. Why should he do anything? Um, I mean, I guess throw like a courtesy couple of bucks mm-hmm. in there, whatever. But he doesn't seem the type to have mm-hmm. cash. And, uh, yeah, so he, like, walks away, or he mentioned something about, like, donating 20 bucks, and then, mm-hmm. I guess, Monk does that, right? Uh, he gives, a, it does unclear what the denominations of the bills he gives are, but he hands, yeah. puts two bills in there, and then Chilton takes it out and puts it in his pocket, and Monk's like, oh, you're Chilton. Yep. Which is, Which... like, that is, like, act, like, I think that, uh, one of my least favorite things people overuse on the internet is they say, like, so if someone says, like, I like to eat chocolate out of the freezer. People are like, oh, the serial killer behavior. But what Chilton does here actually is serial killer behavior. Like, that is, like, something that, like, a deranged sociopath does. Okay, I don't know if you do this. I hope you don't. But mm-hmm. what do you think of people who Venmo request you for, like, $1.50? For, like, Never. Dollar? Never. I, I am so... I mean, I would actually say that I have the exact opposite problem, where I am... Incri- I, I, what the hell? It's like, if you're... You a charity? A friend, yeah, I mean, I, I really am, like... I. Unless it's... So you're honestly, like the bartender from Shameless. Like, you just uh, run yeah. a continuous tab. Yeah, I, like, I'm going to be frank. If it's less than, like, $20, I'm not going to end request you. Like, really. Yeah. Like, because especially if it's, like, when I would, like, live with my brothers, too, and, like, I would always... I would never Venmo request them for, like, food we ordered out because... The reason I was asking them to get in on it is so I'd feel better about me ordering out. <laughs> and so it's like, I'm going to pay for it because I know that you actually don't want to order out. Anyway. But no, I mean, yeah, I, I, that is just sociopath behavior. I hate what we, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, I actually don't really know anyone who does that. Um, but, and I'll, believe me, I'll happily pay anything on Venmo. Like, if, so, if you Venmo request me for $1.50, I'll pay it. But, like, just, just I mean, operate under the assumption that, like, a friendship is a two-way street, and at some point I'll pay for something for $1.50 for you, you know? Right. Um, yeah. I know someone, and uh, you know who you are. Damn. Um, anyway, we learned that... Uh, <laughs> That Chilton got a bad employee evaluation from Kemp. I wonder why. Um, well, he volunteers this information. Yeah. Um, so he like it. Basically, the whole point of this scene is just to make you suspicious and think that maybe our, maybe your boy Chilty has got something to do with this. Now, did you for one second think that Chilton had anything to do with this? I absolutely did. Really? You thought it was yeah. obvious? <laughs> I kind of did. I kind of did, especially like with I, because I kind of was pick, uh, picking up on a lot of the stuff. Like for whatever reason, I thought that the voice scrambler was going to come back into it, like mm-hmm. that it was Chilton the whole time, but Camp didn't recognize his voice because he was wearing the scrambler. Ah, okay. And then it, because of the the scene that happens later on, that's yeah, why I, I actually it was don't him. think that that's how the voice scrambler that he's referring to works. I. I, I know, but also, like, you never know. Yeah, it is also, like, um, it's kind of like how, even though I love this movie, how silly it is in the movie Scream that the voice it. scrambler they use, rather than sounding like a different, like, rather than sounding like a distorted voice, it's just clearly a different person speaking. <laughs> like, how about how about Scream 3? I've actually never seen Scream 3. I've only seen the first okay. one. Well, it's really cheap because they have that, mm-hmm. but, so it does the Ghostface voice, but it can also record other people's voice, and, and so, like... You could pretend to be somebody else and be like, hey, open the door, yeah. it's me. And that technology is not real. Like, come on. It's bullshit. Yeah. Um, if Wes Craven wasn't dead right now, I'd give him peace of my mind. 
anyway. You could say it was a craven abuse of power. You could say that. You absolutely could. Uh, anyway, we go to Randall and Leland, and Randall's got some news for Leland. Uh, yeah, so apparently... Uh, well, first, you have my- to get the preamble. You have to get the preamble. Right. So he mentions that they find, what, the toothpick? No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what, when he's about to give him the news, he gives him a okay. warning. You oh, might yeah, need to sit. You might need yeah, to you- sit. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, when I first saw it, I didn't even see the big deal about it. I was like, wait, what? Why? And then I kind of, that, and that's why I, like, I think, like, for whatever reason, like, Stottlemyre's energy has been, like, wearing on me a little bit. I, I, I mean, I thought this I'm, was I'm funny. Concerned. I think, I'm I think concerned. it's because I, I knew that the joke the whole time was that it's not actually that big of news, but I do love, like, right. you might need to sit. It's like, I mean, I was sitting down, and I was glad I was sitting. Um, but anyway, <laughs> what's the news it needs to sit for? It's that the Securities and Exchange Commission. Yeah, apparently they're investigating our guy uh, Warren Kemp for insider trading. Mm, which yeah, because there's some like suspicious transactions. Yeah, so not good, not a good look, but you know, not and, guilty. Well, well, I mean, they opinion. think it, they think it might be an inside job though. That maybe he broke his own hand, or he was getting cold feet, or something like that. Yeah. I really wanted like a crazy disher theory for this. Yeah, there. Yeah, that would have been great. The moment called for it. It it actually did, especially with that breaking his own hand. Like if he could come up with a reason why he'd break his own hand, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we get a little montage of Monk helping around the office. A, a, a montage. A montage, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, just doing some nice things for people, and that's shouts to Monk. He's a good. He's a good coworker, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of anything that would irritate me except for... No, no, not really. If it was just my coworker, I think I could totally yeah. handle that. Yeah, and also because he's persnickety, but it's also like he retyped a guy's whole, like, memo and like, corrected typos and grammar mistakes. Like Clean someone's, clean someone's, uh, someone's office. Uh, you know he wouldn't be the type to eat someone's sandwich no. in the fridge. So, I also... Thank God I've never had right. that happen to me. Has that ever happened to you where someone ate your food? Um, Yes. Wow. I, I'll do you one better. You've heard of Del Taco, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, my my friend and I, he we were get we got Del Taco to go uh, drive through. So I dropped him off at his house. He took a picture. He sent me a picture. So I looked at it, and apparently the taco had when he got it had been a huge bite had been taken out of it, and then placed, and then it was served to him. Damn. Well, that's not at work, but I'm what I'm saying is, did anyone go to like a no? Work but imagine. Room? I mean, that is crazy. That's wild. That's crazy, honestly. <laughs> Someone must have been st- like straight up high as a kite in Del Taco. Yeah. Yeah. No, thankfully I've never had anything eaten in a work fridge. Um, I have. Yeah. Also, yeah. It's a, I bet. Uh, I, I'm not surprised. I think it's just a question of I haven't been in the workforce long enough. And now that I work from home, unless one of my roommates eats my food, which they won't, because I also don't have that much food in the fridge, um, because I, you know can't help myself from ordering out. You know, this all comes back to the same problems. Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's all really it's the same problems. And so anyway, they end up inviting Monk to lunch, which, honestly, this just makes you feel, I don't know about you, I felt warm inside when this happened. No, I did too. And like, he's doing very well. He does very well. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even need the cards. No, but he can't get on the elevator because it's full. And you know what? They, I don't understand why they're being so weird about it. Like, I guess what, one thing that kind of frustrates me about Monk is that in so many of these scenes, it's so obvious, like, okay, this guy has some type of hang-up, let's just let him be. You know what I mean? Like, if, if someone reacted to seeing a slightly full of it's like, I'll get the next one, would, you wouldn't insist, you'd be like, okay, right? Like, yeah. yeah I would fine. know that claustrophobia is a thing exactly, that people yeah. experience, like, yes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. But anyway, so he gets the next one, and Natalie shows up, and she tells uh, Monk that they're investigating Warren, the SEC is, and she's like, let's go to lunch. And he's like, no, I'm going with the gang. Yeah. She really should have called it Mr. Monk and the gang. I mean, you, you're completely spoiling the episode for season seven where he joins a couple cholos. No, I'm kidding. Um, oh, damn, you got me so excited. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Monk is showing up with the flannel with just the top button buttoned. Like Disher. Oh, right, I forgot Disher was wearing that. Oh, yeah. man. That's a classic. Um, Senor Monk returns. Senor Monk. Um, hey, that's like Tony Shalhoub is, you know, I, I we know he's Lebanese, but he's ethnically ambiguous. You you know, you could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I yeah. Um, so, that, Natalie ends up, she's going to eat lunch with Warren, who, of course, he's, mm-hmm. she says, Mr. Camp, and he says, Warren, please. Which, like, that's how you know, like, I mean. Doesn't look like a Warren. No, not at all. Definitely, yeah, definitely does not look like a Warren at all. It's like a Bryce. A oh, Bryce. No, a, you know what? A Brian with a Y. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, he, so yeah, they, but anyway, Monk is at lunch with the people at the, like the little cafeteria with area. With the gang. With the gang. Yeah. At like the little cafeteria area outside the building. Um, yep. And they're eating nachos. Well, okay, Monk's not eating nachos. Right, he's just doing the thing where he pretends to eat stuff. And mm. then, like, just makes noises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he does the classic. This is stuff I like what Monk does, because this is my favorite stuff in, like, Sherlock Holmes stuff, where he says, he says to Abby, and I forget what the other guy's name, um, so how is yeah, it, what really is it like mean. working together when you're dating? And they're like, what? And I was a little disappointed that like it was a they laughed along with it and it wasn't like a big deal like that one of them wasn't married, because um, I, I thought that I thought it was gonna go really badly for him yeah. when I when this first uh, time obviously like, oh. they can't do that because they <laughs> they needed to go badly later, but right um, yeah I just love little things funny. like that that is funny that is funny wow I I, lo- I just love it because it's like you're wearing this shirt you had that umbrella because it's it's it, the thing I like about it is I know I talk about this before is it's one of those things where. Yes, no one else but Monk would notice that, but Monk is not a superhuman for noticing it. Technically speaking, you could notice that someone had the same umbrella. Like, if you actually just looked, you would notice those things, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but in this in this fast-paced world of stock investment stuff, mm-hmm. who's going to notice that? Exactly, buy, sell, buy. Have you ever seen the Eric Andre skit where he's outside of yes, uh, Wall Street? Yes, yes. Uh, where he throws up? <laughs> and he starts throwing up. Uh, yeah. It's like, what's the price of gold? 900? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic! <laughs> Dude, uh, okay, one time I was running around Silver Lake, mm-hmm. uh, like the actual Silver Lake mm-hmm. Reservoir. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is, I'm going to take you on a tour through LA's, uh, Andre's LA's, uh, what's mm-hmm. the skit? What can we call this? Andre's LA Corner. Yeah, Andre's LA Corner. So I was, yeah, I was running around the lake, and all of a sudden I see some crazy fucking person coming my way, dressed in like ridiculous, like all pink, like, think mm-hmm. like 80s like fitness tape like mm-hmm. kind of stuff yep and it was eric andre <laughs> was he doing a show or was he just no he was just doing that like a big a normal person he was on the phone like uh, on his like something yeah yeah but oh, interesting so they say oh monk you should be detective and he says i couldn't be a detective it's too lonely you don't have a gang um mm. which if i'm his coworkers, i'm gonna get a little suspicious like that he feels like he's getting a little clingy but um yeah laugh the at first it. day yeah. yeah no good but then we go to the important part. We go to uh, 
I mean, it's honestly on in the IMDb goof section. They should have said that just the tension between Natalie and Warren that the window should have been fogged up. I mean, there's just. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, they have like kind of chemistry. I could see it. I'm not kidding. I'm also mostly kidding. But they do lunch, yeah. and uh, they're both drinking generic orange sodas. Um, uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, and they're like chatting it up, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Natalie can only notice that across the way is exactly where Monk and the gang are, and mm-hmm. she notices him laughing and having a good time, and clearly he's found some sort of uh, kindred spirits in mm-hmm. these uh, sad office workers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Natalie's found a kindred spirit, she thinks, mm-hmm. in Warren, and she sees a photo of his cabin in Vermont, but he hasn't been there in two years, which once again... That's how you know you're rich when you've got a cabin you haven't been to in two years. Um, and also, I feel like if you, have, if you have cabin I haven't been to in two years money, you have a glass wall on your office. I'm just being honest. Like, come on. Um, yeah, not only that, and if you can still have the cabin even though you're divorced, that means you have enough money. Exactly. Um, and, you know, Natalie tells a story. When was the last time she was in Vermont? She got, uh, she got arrested. She's a, uh, you know, she was ca- causing a ruckus at a bar because of some guy wouldn't leave her friend alone, mm-hmm. and she ends up pushing him through a window. Yeah, you know, she's a tough, chi- she's a tough chick, man. Yeah, she doesn't take Respect. any shit. No, no. She was. Uh, I still remember her hanging off the uh, the back of the truck. Mm-hmm. Exactly. She survived that. She can survive anything. Yeah. Um, and so after that, but she tells him. She tells him yeah. to keep it in confidence. Yeah, keep it on the DL. Um, although that's, like, honestly, like, Monk would have a problem with that, but, like, and I get why she doesn't want her daughter to know that, but that's not actually a bad story at all. Like, when I was, like, 18, I, a guy was hitting on my friend too aggressively, and I pushed him through a window, Like that's actually not an embarrassing story. It's a great story. <laughs> um, anyway, we go more of a montage with Monk in the office, and then he's looking into employee evaluations to look at Chilton's evaluation. Um, but he gets pulled aside, because there's another mystery. In the break room. The mystery of the Caucasian buttocks. Yeah, what, 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 what are we looking at? Uh, we're looking at two cheeks, uh, definitely from the color of it. No, I mean, no, explain what happens in the oh. scene is what I'm saying. Not really uh, what yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, so, <laughs> so they're all sitting in the cafeteria or like the lunchroom or something, and they're just like going back and forth trying to like get him to guess basically who it is and... You didn't yeah. even say what it is. I'm trying to, I was trying to tee you up oh, talking so much. Oh, sorry. It's a photocopy uh, photo of of, of a butt that's mm-hmm. like on the bulletin yes. board wall. Yes. Someone did the classic thing where they photocopied their butt, which I I, I honestly don't – I think a, that, that probably would break a, photo, a lot of photocopiers. I don't know what the uh, – Right. The I'd be too afraid the... to do that. Also, like I mentioned, definitely an HR violation. Um also, I'm always impressed that, like, in all of these things, you never get, like, an outline of someone's nutsack. That is a good point, too. You probably would. Um, yeah, man, that would be really gross. Unless they're a woman, of course. Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, yeah. but I, I just, the Venn diagram of people who would do that and women is not. Is <laughs> um, yeah, just, like, one of those things that I feel like has happened in pop culture way more times than it's happened in real life. Actually, I suppose a lot of people have tried to do it, but I also will mention that it never would come out good. Because like it's how many people? How many people do you think had to go to like the ER because they sliced their ass? Like oh, that's a great question. Okay, if you're an ER doctor or an ER <laughs> nurse, 
This is my favorite one, I think, so yeah. far. No, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I don't know about you, Andre, but I'm always here for any story about embarrassing butt-related injuries that get in the ER. I, I, I mean, obviously... Not insertion, though. I can't do uh, that. I can do some insertion. Actually, I did, could do quite a bit. I don't say I can do quite a bit of insertion, but I actually was going to reference the fact <laughs> that... Uh, Deadspin.com before they got like zombified and now suck. They every at the end of every year they would go you go to um like OSHA's database of injuries and like they basically would like print the best injuries involving like in foreign object inserted in butts by accident. Um, uh. It's great, but no, any butt related injuries please send to me. Um, it's always fun, but yeah, that's great. If you actually know a story of someone breaking, because that would that's what you would cut your ass up if you yeah. broke it because it's pure glass. Yeah. Anyway, so it's this guy. I think it's like Bill or whatever's butt. Um, ben. Ben, because uh, the Ben Dover is his name. Ah, okay. Mr. Dover. Mr. Dover. Yes, uh, <laughs> classic stuff. Um, uh, and um, of course, he was, the, he was accused by his coworker Mike Hawk. No. Um, so there's apparently a bowling match that night, though, and they're they're gonna have to. The one team's gonna lose. The team that's not uh, what's his face, um, uh, Chilton. Because Kemp was their best bowler, and he's got a broken hand. This is why. This is why I thought. I'm just like, all right, clearly someone wanted to take this guy out of this competition. Yeah, they definitely did set this up as like, oh my god. Because the thing is, they, the thing they do well is that they make Chilton a crazy enough person where you are willing to believe that he'd kill someone over a bowling match. Yeah, no, absolutely. I thought there was no, thought there was no way it was going to be anyone else. Mm-hmm. And so um, they get the bowling match, and... Uh, you know, they're there, and Monk gets approached that he's got a, it's his turn to bowl, and he's like, what? I, I'm bowling? Um, and he's like, yeah, that's why you're here. And this is what the reason I don't really like this episode, is that there's this a minute and a half long scene where Monk is trying to choose his ball, and I didn't need a full minute of it. It just, I just... For sure. For sure. I'll say a couple of things. One, shout out. It's uh, the place that they filmed it at was Chateau Lanes, uh, not too far from Koreatown in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, uh, I certainly didn't, watching this episode at the beginning of it, did not know it was going to be a very climactic bowling arena scene or bowling uh, alley scene. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever see that viral image? Where it's uh, the wall of like in a bowling alley, a wall of people who rolled three hundreds, and it's one like Bill Smith, and the date is nine eleven two thousand one. Oh yeah, 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 I did. <laughs> anyway, um, and he had to have done that after it happened. No, he did. Too. No, he did. He, th- someone actually interviewed him about it, and he was just like, "Yeah, like we, everyone left work, and I honestly just didn't know what else to do, and like I had a day to kill, and I was everyone was shaken up, and I'm like, what? I mean, I might as well. I love bowling. I might as well go bowling." It honestly can't yeah, fair. Um, can you imagine? Like, what's going through your head when you're bowling at the I know. Game? I mean, it's crazy. But I, I guess his point was, it's like, I am not anywhere near heat there. My, I know my family's safe. I, what else? I could just sit at home and do nothing all day. Or I could go bowling. And it's like, yeah, why not? <laughs> anyway. Uh, so the one thing I don't like about this sequence, too, is that Monk... I get that a lot of pop culture and fun stuff, things that Monk doesn't know, but Monk seems completely unfamiliar, which is the very basics of bowling, that he doesn't know that you get to go, that you roll it twice, is, like, right. crazy. Um, yeah. And, uh... Also I guess I he love, didn't get a card for that. I <laughs> uh, do also love how when he Monk bowls his first ball, it's in slow motion, they play music that is so clearly trying to be as close to Chariots of Fire without them having to pay. <laughs> if you listen it's, back to it, it is so close. 
Well, I know, because, like, on the closed caption, it said, like, chariots of something else. And I'm like, wait, so is that, is chariots of flame or whatever? Fire. Is that, dun, 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 Yes. It's from the 1980 film Chariots of Fire, um, which is about British guys running. I thought it was about, I thought it was way older than that. No, That's not, crazy. It's famous. I've never seen it, but it famously is, like, the biggest best picture travesty of all time, because it's a movie that no one really liked, but it's the classic, like, Oscar of just white people running. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, it's a great song, though. I mean, it, it, it works. Uh, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so there's a montage of Monk, and of course, Monk is secretly good at bowling. And is he secretly good at get, uh, getting Chilton's alibi, though? Uh, no, yeah, but I mean, he, I thought, like, he was, like, trying to get him off his game, to be honest. Yeah. I thought... He might have been, but I also think he was just trying to get his alibi. Yeah, but he's just not very smooth at it. Like, typical Monk uh, not being able to, like, interview people um, in a really non-obvious uh, way, Yeah. right? Yeah, because even Chilton's like, hey, are you a cop? Like, so if, mm. if you're not a cop, why do I got to answer any of these questions And, of course, Monk says no, and he's able to do that because he's not reinstated yet. Because, as everyone knows, if you ask someone if they're a cop, they legally have to tell you. <laughs> Absolutely. It's against the law. Mm-hmm. That's entrapment. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, as this is going on, um, uh, Natalie overhears Abby and another one of the coworkers talking about. You see that? Who's that woman with Monk? That's Natalie. She's been hanging out with Warren. I, I you get that email that she was in, almost killed a guy in Vermont. She's done time. Um, so yeah, you could almost say that she did a nickel. Did you think that he actually spread the word? Uh, honestly, I don't know what I thought because I knew what it was. This I haven't seen I, the first time I saw this episode. I don't remember. Um, this time I knew it was the lip reader, so I, you know. Spoiler. Uh, yeah, I would honestly. I think I probably thought that the room was bugged somehow. That like that I thought was, it was bugged. Yeah, um, and so Natalie calls up Warren, and they have words. Um, and I, I, I completely understand why Natalie would think that she he said something because why. He told her. She told him in confidence. Yeah, no, I get it, but like, obviously, there's like weird shit afoot at this place. Like, mm-hmm. it's not all mm-hmm. what it seems like it is. Speaking of afoot, uh, Monk has one more ball to roll, but Chilton uh, calls him out. I'm so sorry. I, Andre's rubbing his eyes at that transition, um, uh, but he's wearing yeah. street shoes. He's wearing street shoes. And this bit I really hate. Because, like, I get I get it. But it's, like, I just makes me feel so bad for Monk in, like, a way that's yeah, not funny. I, yeah, no, But it's also, like, okay, is this a fucking league game? I don't think it is. So, like, why the hell would it matter if he's wearing street shoes or bowling shoes? Like, Yeah, that's true. Um, also, yeah. Also, not – if you're actually a professional bowler – or not professional, but, like, an avid bowler – Am I wrong in saying that, like, don't bowling shoes just make bowling easier? Wouldn't it actually be a disadvantage to wear street shoes? Exactly. Yeah. I, I, anyway. So they, they have, have to make no him put light, on no street nothing, shoes. Yeah, yeah. And he Monk can't put on anyone else's shoes. And they end up forfeiting. Um, and, uh, yeah. They, and uh, all that, what, what were the stakes? They just wanted to beat him? That's it? Yes, there, that like, was no it. Yeah, ball? low stakes. Eh. Yeah. Whatever. And this is where Monk loses the gang. Sad yep. stuff. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. He loses the gang and he ends up in the gulag. Yes, he ends up in the gulag. I actually don't understand what you mean by that. Um, I just wanted to use another G, G word. Ah, okay. Okay, okay. Yeah. I was about to say, he ends up in the gulag. 
Like, what, did he get killed on, on COD Warzone? Um, <laughs> or did, wait, did he say something wrong about the Communist Party of Russia? No, no. Um, so, yeah, he gets back, and no one wants to talk to him. He's like, oh, I bought bowling shoes. And, like, oh, okay. And then Abby tells him to shove up his ass, although she whispers it. Um, yeah, and then, uh, and then uh, like, in the midst of this whole existential crisis... Um, like I said, an interior decorator. Who you've seen Monk in the for... background the whole episode, which I do want to give them credit for. It's not a non sequitur. Right, yeah. But at first I was like, who the hell is this lady? But I also recognize her. I've seen her in like a million other things, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, she asked him if he prefers like a purple or like a gold. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a curtain. Yeah, for, he chooses for, like, the gold. the windows. Which I was glad he was able to make a choice because I could, would not have been able to deal with another bit of like purple. Uh, gold. I also, I also purple. would have just been like, why the hell are you putting up curtains? It's glass windows. I mean, that is a good point. Where are you supposed to hang that from? Uh, I don't know. I I'm not an interior decorator. Uh, I guess you could do ceiling mounted. No, you know, you'd probably hang up. You'd probably put a curtain rod above it and then hang it. Um, I could see why you'd yeah. want on some of those. Like for example, in Warren's office, I understand why you'd want curtains, not just for privacy, but because like you don't always yeah, want that, that window open. Yeah, but not in the main hallway. That's fucking yeah, weird. That's At least it has some roller shades. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Anyway, um, after that happens, though, bad news for the designer. Much like, uh, what's, what do you think is, what's the worst thing that happened to a designer? Um, this designer getting murdered or the rapper designer not having any career after Panda came out? Wow, that's not, exa- that's not at all where I thought you were going with that. Uh, but yeah, I, I was going to say probably the cancellation of Designing Women. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, um, maybe that. Word to uh, Delta Burke. Or not. Actually, yep. she probably says something problematic now that I think about it. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, no, but what, so t- talk me through this murder, the second murder of the episode. Yeah, so, you know, someone, I don't know how they got in. Do, do we know I that? I think the door was just open. Yeah, the door was open and then he just walks, uh, walks in and uh, the interior decorator, like, notices that someone's there and calls out to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person clearly grabs like a pillow and she's like, take anything you want. Yeah, take that pillow. That's Italian. Mm-hmm. And she, he doesn't want this pillow to lay down. No. Well, he wants a pillow to lay her down mm-hmm. and he proceeds to muffle his shot and uh, shoots mm-hmm. her dead. One yep. shot. Yep. Great, st- great work uh, from our guy improvising a silencer. Um, I also do love how in any piece of interior decorating, and this is just objectively true, if something, you know, to make something sound like it's fancy, you just say, it's Italian, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like that classic, and this is a reference for two people, but the classic viral video of keeping your fridge stock away at you many win, where he says that uh, he has a, uh, his, he has new Italian tile that's pure Italian, and it just looks like normal tile, but it's like, you know what? It's pure Italian. Um, great video. Bellissimo. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, I, I, Mario Andre Barrera, I, you know, you could definitely pull off being Italian, uh, you know, if you wanted uh, to. Yeah, you know, uh, it's a me, Mario. Mm-hmm. Hey, for, I, I, but you, you had, I don't know exactly how you do it, but you have one of those things where your phone, your contact in my phone updated to your new photo automatically. But before that, your photo on my phone was Mario. Just FYI. It just, because <laughs> the mustache. What must, do you mean? Your contact photo. But like, it's I. It's a photo of me with a mustache? It, no, it was, it previously used to be Mario. And now it is uh, like your Bitmoji or whatever. It, it automatically updated. I don't know. I, I don't know what why that happened. What the hell? I don't know. You must have did some okay. setting. Doesn't actually matter. Anyway, 
So we then cut to uh, the crime scene. And wouldn't you know it, there's a toothpick on the ground. Um, Stalmeyer really needs to get the message that you should stop doing that. Yeah, you know, you can't be a tough guy. Toothpicks don't make you look tough anymore. And it's a choking hazard. It is. You ever see that episode of House where that uh, kid... No, I have not. Oh, he swallows a toothpick. Um, I've never seen an episode of House. I mean, I haven't seen a ton of full episodes of House, but I've seen a lot of bits and pieces of episodes of House. All honestly, on I there's on my YouTube algorithm knows me well because it just started randomly recommending. I don't have time for most of the parts of House, but it just started recommending the last ten minutes of House episodes, <laughs> where just like where they solve it. It's like hell yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think what you're telling me is you want to do the House, uh, no House in strictly mouse. No, honestly, I really I don't. I really don't. <laughs> I don't. Um, <laughs> I just I don't have patience because it just because honestly house is just some of it is actually stupid like like legitimately stupid um uh, and, and not in a fun way oh but a guy photo sh- uh, photocopying his fucking butt? well no, no no what I was gonna compare it to is like I think that, like the per- in my opinion the perfect pr- procedural thing like that because like monkey is a procedural but like it's more about like the characters but I think that like the the epitome of the form in my opinion is like mid to late season criminal minds episodes where it's like this guy watched his brother die of rabies when he was a kid so now he kidnaps people and makes the uh, like a rabid dog bite them and then watches them die of rabies and then before they die he kidnaps someone else and makes them bite the other person and he creates a chain of people with rabies like that shit like that's good bad tv whereas like house is kind of just like i don't know like this person uh it, a lot, what happens a lot of times is that people, like, hallucinate things. It's always that it's, like, a, a little boy thinks he's getting abducted by aliens, but it turns out that he has, like, a twin that he absorbed in Euro that's, like, messing with his brain, which is, like, that's kind of just stupid. It's just not as That fun. sounds cool as fuck. It, it's, uh, that's but actually would you, but would you? But would you say on – oh, that actually happened. Um, okay, would you say on USA that characters are welcome? Of course I would say that. Okay. Yeah. Just checking. Also, yeah, of course, it's an actual episode of House. I wouldn't. I'm not freestyling out here. Um, the Walsh I mean, movie, you could. The episode of Criminal me? Minds I said is also a real episode of Criminal Minds. Are you? Oh God. Okay, I'm not watching this. Well, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't recommend you do Criminal Minds. I knew. You, I know you don't have. I don't even think I have the stomach for it. But I do at least some, at some point. We need. To, I need to watch the episode where I've never seen it. Where uh, Jason Alexander plays a murderer who's obsessed with a Fibonacci sequence. Um, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> anyway, we're way off topic, which is nice. Yeah. So. Um, Toothpick. Yeah, toothpick. And Disher drops the bomb that this designer has been working for Pross, the investment firm. So Right, which we just saw, yeah. yeah. But so yeah, that gets Sodomeyer and them to, you know, basically connect mm-hmm. both of the crimes. Yeah. And so this is the final bit where the monk and Natalie are at lunch. And this is was the end why I really don't like this episode, because this is fully just like Deus Ex Machina. Um where, yeah, this is bullshit. You're right. Yeah. I don't want to besmirch this episode, but it does feel like they got 40 minutes into writing. It's like, oh my, we need an ending. Um, for me, for me, I was, and I was going to ask you, like, do you think they started with this episode just being like, okay, we should have a bowling scene? Where do you think they might, started and where do you think they been, ended? I think that they probably started with Monk being friends with people in an office. I think it's probably where they started. Like, the idea okay. of him being a gang. Um, but anyway, so... They realize, because Monk is uh, watching this guy wa- look at Warren, and this is where Monk solves the case, and he gives the here's what happened, smiling the whole time, because this guy's a lip reader. Yeah, so it's a guy who's very similar in, like, uh, appearance to Chilton, let's just say. Mm-hmm. So really through the kib- kibish? Kibosh? Kibosh? Kibosh. 
Yeah, through the kibosh in my plan. But anyways, uh, so apparently this guy, I guess, had been eating lunch there randomly. Yeah. It appears. And he noticed one day, and he's a, I guess he was born deaf, but obviously... He's got the cochlear implant. He has a cochlear implant, but also from growing up that way, he learned to read lips very well. So I guess one day, absentmindedly, he notices our guy, Warren Kemp, Mm-hmm. You know, chatting it up on the phone, making deals, and mm-hmm. decides to make it a, a plan of action. Mm-hmm. So he, sure enough, invests in that, and I think it goes like gangbusters, right? Like yeah, he's, I think they said he made like $7 million or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he makes a ton of money, and so obviously he can't let his golden goose go, so... Well, why, uh, well, know, why, well what's changing? Cause the well, what's interior- changing? Well, that... The feng shui, yeah, the, I, I called her the feng shui lady, but yeah, the yeah. interior designer, like, was messing with the feng shui of his office, moved his desk, and basically from the angle that he would be at now, he would be covering up his mouth with his hand when he was on the phone. Mm-hmm. So he needed to find a way to get Warren to use his other hand. Mm-hmm. So that's why he decided he was going to try to break his hand mm-hmm. or whatever, fuck up his hand in the parking lot. He ends up shooting our guy, Ronnie, mm-hmm. and... Um, yeah. And yeah. And then he has to right? kill the feng shui lady because she's going to put up curtains. Yes. Which feels like a temporary a solution. It feels like a temporary right. solution because someone else can put up curtains. You don't need, you know, he's going to kill every single interior designer. Right. Exactly. Every, yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately, so while Monk is smiling and covering his mouth, Natalie isn't, but the lip reader can see her in the mirror and he comes over and he's got, he's got the heater on him just in his... That's he's got crazy. The, the biscuit. He's got the biscuit the on him. He's got the biscuit on him. Um, yeah. And he's like, let's take a walk outside. And then Natalie, I think, with some really great improvisation. Um, yeah. She yells directly into his cochlear implant, um, which uh, makes him like. Staggers him. Staggers him. And Monk takes the gun. And uh, he doesn't. Monk doesn't want Natalie to call the captain. No, no, no. No. He wants to call the Chinese restaurant that the gang is at, mm-hmm. and just so they could see him being a total hard ass. Yep. And then we get the final scene where uh, Natalie gets broken up with because of this. He, uh, Warren calls himself a bottom line sort of guy, which I can't think of a phrase that someone could say that is not a negative thing about themselves that would make me dislike them more as a human being. Um, just it, it, the the the. the Thesis of the type of person I don't like is someone who describes himself as I'm a bottom line sort of guy. But anyway, that's just my personal uh, feelings. You got a lot of them. Uh, wow. Yeah, no, for sure. Wow, that that might be the meanest thing anyone's ever said to me, and I definitely deserved it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, no. So like he he basically is he won't he can't look past the fact that she doubted him mm-hmm. and didn't believe him when he swore that he hadn't he wasn't involved in that. And I guess we find out, or I don't know if we found out then or we found out a little earlier, but basically the lip reader guy had to, like, throw things off, so mm-hmm. he's the one that started the rumor, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not, it's I not don't know how he did why. it. Yeah, it's not, I don't know why. Um, possibly because, I don't know, because he wanted Natalie to stop investigating um, what was going on. Um, right. Uh, or, you know, honestly, maybe this guy gets off of being, like, a, a secret teller, you know? Like, um... The tattletale? Yeah, tattletale. Um... And, uh, you know, then Natalie has to leave, which is on expensive champagne, which is like, you really should have blew the money on. I mean, I get that this guy, Warren, you want to, you know, see his uh, cabin in Vermont and also the house he owns in Vermont. Um, but uh, You want to see his bottom dollar. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. 
Um, and so um, she takes the, gives the champagne to his assistant and says, save it, it's expensive, which is like, come on, Natalie, don't, you work for a month, don't spend money on expensive champagne. Um, yeah. Julie's got to go to college. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, I think so, the military's yeah. got that covered. That's true. Uh, but anyway, they get out of there, and there's a sad moment. They both, you know, and they're both kind of getting laughed at. Um, and, you know, the thing is, they, they, they get laughed at, but that's not the important part. The important part is that they leave together, you know? And that's what matters. What would you United give this upside out of 10? United we stand, divided we fall. Exactly. What would you give this upside out of 10? I'd give it an 8. Wow, I gave it a 7. The rare yeah. point divide. Yeah, the, we we're, a house um, divide. we're a house divided. That's true. Um, yeah, no, I guess... What did I like so much about this episode? I can't put my finger on it, but like, I just enjoyed it. I guess I just like the fact that um, that Warren was innocent. Awesome. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. It, is, uh, it is a pretty big like twist that the bro-y financial guy is not involved. Um, yeah, and I hate that it was like a... I, that's what I don't like, that it was like some random asshole that had nothing to do with anything. Yeah, yeah. I think the concept of... A guy setting up someone's office unwittingly so they can read their lips and read transactions is a really cool idea. I would just like that idea to be introduced sometime before minute 39. Um, yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. Anyway, um, what I would love to introduce is uh, you following us on Twitter at Strictly Munkin. Jesus Christ, I'm not good at this. Uh, it's perfect the, for the next episode. Well, Sounds no, like I, we actually got to talk about this because we're going to do the. Uh, we haven't talked about this. We'll talk about it online because why not? We need to release the next episode next Tuesday because we I can't record on Thursday drunk because yeah, I have work. Okay, so are we doing Friday? Are we recording Friday or Saturday? Let's record Friday. Okay, yeah, we're recording Friday. So yeah, we're not going to be back until next Tuesday because the next episode is Mr. Monk gets drunk and Andre and I both have to get drunk for it and we both I, I work especially me because I'm I, I'm going to be recording at ten o'clock at night and I absolutely cannot be drunk at like midnight. Or later. I'll, I'll still be drunk at 1 in the morning, and I can't do that if I'm working the next day. That's uh, impossible. No, I know. I'm glad we're sorting this out because yeah. I, I felt the same way. Like, there's no way we can't watch this episode or not, like, get a little tipsy. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's definitely going to be a problem. I, mean, I can't edit it until the next day, too, because, like, I got to make sure, like... Because in my drunken stupor, I'll be like, I didn't say anything that bad. And then I'll upload it, and I'll get a text, like, saying, like, why did you say that about the entire city of Toledo? <laughs> it's like, what, what did I say? <laughs> um, anyway, Andre, we'll to follow you on Twitter. You can follow me at Andre Barrera. You can follow me at the J Christie. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. Um, and yeah, just let us know what you like to dislike. Um, and uh, and please keep tuning in, especially um, like I said next week because this is going to be a big episode as we talk about Mi- uh, Mr. Monk gets drunk. Uh, let's get monkey.